so yeah so we were just chatting before the call but now we are actually recording uh sorry eugene for this being a day late a bunch of stuff got in the way um i almost but, died but not really mm, yeah turned out you're okay and that's good yeah i had abdominal pain which is a very scary thing to have <laughs> mm. uh, <laughs> because there's a lot of shit in there uh, yeah, and you never know what it, it might be. be. Yeah. yeah, it turned uh, out to not be a super bad thing. It just kind of mm. hurt for a while. Yeah. Um. Yep. Yeah, so. Um. So yeah. So last time, uh, the latest Star Kid music. We have a lot of topics this time. We'll we'll get into that. We'll see how many of them we get yeah. to. Lots of new video games and movies and shit. But last time, uh, the new Star Kid musical, Nerdy Prudes Must Die, came out. And I had not seen it yet, because I didn't have time before the yeah. recording. But I've seen it now, so... Uh, do you want to do the... Explaining what it's about? Or should I? Because you've seen it more I times. I can yeah. give a rough impression. Okay, so... Basically, the Star Kid, the people who make all the funny musicals, um, like low-budget, independent, funny musicals, um, they have a series of horror musicals all set in one town in, I think, Michigan, um, called Hatchetfield. This is the third one. Yeah. Um, and it's basically a parody of, like, you know, high school teen slasher type movies. Um, and it's, as the title might suggest, it's about a bunch of nerds. Um, and they're being bullied by uh, one massive guy named Max Jägerman. Um And the plot is really weird, so I don't really know. <laughs> uh, well, okay, so my it's rough like, impression of the plot yeah. from one viewing is... There's a group of teenage outcasts in high school. Um, yeah. There's this one bully who is, like, the menace of really the entire town. Um, right. And they all get together and decide they're going to scare him because that will be, you know, a fun prank. Um, but then, like, they, they lead him to this, like, abandoned old creepy house and put on, like, skeleton and ghost costumes. And it actually does spook him, and it's funny. But then he, he starts fighting back because, you know, his fight-or-flight reaction, he's going to throw some punches. Um, <laughs> he ends up falling through a hole in the... Yeah, he ends up falling through a hole in the floor and getting impaled and dying. But, you know, swears vengeance. And so then... Suddenly, everything in the town is great because this one fuckwad is dead. Um, but you know they have yep. like, the the teens all have this shared guilt over killing him, and now his sort of like ghost zombie. You know, it, it's that kind of eighty slasher thing. Um, he's back yeah. and he's killing them off one by one, and then they find out that the reason he's back is because the house is actually cursed. Um, and it's connected to the Lords in Black, which I guess was from another musical. There are like a bunch of Joker, Riddler, Cthulhu's, um, <laughs> who, you know, it, it's a yeah. riff on the King in Yellow from Lovecraft lore, but, but they're all just a bunch yeah. of like really quirky they're, weirdos. Um, they're and basically they the, just really childlike, um, yeah. childlike versions of like Eldritch, uh, gods, yeah. Lovecraftian shit. 
Yeah, so they're like they get they do a ritual to summon them, and they're told you know if you want these guys help to get rid of the evil ghost bully, uh, they need to one of them needs to give up the thing that is most important to them, and you know two of the remaining teens the thing that's most important to them is each other because they've been falling in love over the course of this, um, the other one is this you know like weirdo conservative like hyper conservative yeah. girl whose virginity is her most important thing uh but also she's like super horny for the bully um so she ends up having sex with the the ghost bully uh in and in doing so gives up her precious virginity which allows the uh the lords in black to come and take him away and um and then everything is peaceful or is it oh no she's still got access to the book and the yeah. stuff um yeah, that, uh, that was, uh, that's my rough general impression, having seen it once yeah, two weeks that, ago. That's that's the basic plot. Like, it, it's not really a super plot-heavy uh, musical. It's more character-focused, yeah. but, like, as far as the horror plot, that's it. Yeah, um, like, like, when they first announced it, I was expecting more of... Um, you know, because, like, the, all, all of their earlier stuff, they did, like, cosplay and direct parody... So I was expecting something more like, you know, J here's Jason and here's Freddy Krueger and, you know, like they'd have like, you know, characters, known characters show up and then there'd be, you know, some kind of spoof on them. And this isn't really, the, yeah. it has like the tropes of that kind of thing. It's similar to like, I know what you did last summer, that kind of story yeah. of group of teens kill a person and now it's coming back to haunt them. Um, but... Yeah, it, it's not, like, a specific parody of a thing. It's just the the tropes of, like, 80s slasher, you know, revenge, curse, ghost thing. Yep. It, it's it's kind of like when Weird Al does a style parody instead of a direct parody of a song. And everybody's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> mm. um, but, yeah. It, it's... It, it's somewhere between a fun musical and a really dumb um, high, high school slasher horror. Um, it has a ton of references to the other plays, um, the other Star Kid musicals, um, the the horror ones anyway. Like I, I think they did a bunch of shorts like during COVID um, when they couldn't put on performances. Mm. Um, that were set in Hatchetfield, and they pulled a bunch of like quote unquote lore from that. So, yeah, there's a whole continuity. Um, the songs are really good, though. Might be my fa my second favorite um, group of songs from any Star Kid. Well, third after mm. Twisted and. Um, Christmas Carol. Yeah, like I know a lot of their songs, like, they grow on you over repeat viewings. So after one yeah. viewing, the only one I really remember is Dirty Girl Soup because it's so out of left field compared to everything else. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a fucking, uh, well, it is a fucking song. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it's the song where the conservative Christian weirdo girl is expressing yeah. how horny she is for this bully. Yeah. <laughs> because she imagines herself 
naked in a bathtub as being, quote, dirty girl soup. Yeah. Also, I like the implication that she actually bathe, like bathes in a swimsuit, because mm. that's a very, like, uh, American evangelicalism is really yeah. fucked up in, yeah. a, in a whole lot of ways. <laughs> um, and that is a good representation of it. Like, like you're not even allowed to be naked. Yeah. <laughs> Cover yeah. up while you bathe. Never nude. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, oh boy. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, with the ending, I, I think it, it's pretty clear the, uh, the, the real villain is, uh, fundamental Christianity. Mm. <laughs> Which, oh boy, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. Mm. Um, but also, yeah, the bully that, you know, tries to control everyone around him. It was a, a literal he he's got a literal god complex <laughs> like he he just shouts out i am god like several mm. times which is funny um but yeah it's not very horror filled it it's a lot more of a comedy than it is a horror mm. um like it, at least with um, the guy who didn't like musicals, like there was a little genuine horror. I felt like not not much. Like it's not super scary, um, mm. but there was at least like gore and stuff. But Nerdy proved it, it's more like a teen drama <laughs> than it is a horror. Aside from the actual subject matter, where it's uh, you know the whole slasher villain thing. All the, all the songs except for like that weird, fucking Disney Channel sounding one, and the the random musical, uh, like one that's making fun of musicals. Um, with what's her name, Ruth, <laughs> just mm. out of nowhere, singing about like soccer mom on we. <laughs> I I don't know. Mm. I, I feel like I'm just talking gibberish now. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, you know, I, I, I saw it two once two weeks ago, so I remember a little bit about it. But yeah, I didn't really have a lot of thoughts beyond like, you know, it wasn't what I'd expected because you know I, I expected you know more of like the direct parody things that they don't really do anymore. Um, so like for what it was, it was good. Yeah. I mean, Twisted is still their best one. Like, I, mm. I don't I don't think it's particularly close. Yeah. It's just a very, very well-constructed two hours, which is hard to beat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that like that one, the script works on multiple layers, in part yeah. because they're able to, like, pull on references in a way that they don't really do with the I, I assume it's probably just you know so they don't have to worry at all about like copyright issues if uh yeah. if that's even a thing yeah i mean i i guess because because they technically don't use any copyrighted characters um they weren't really in trouble to begin with 
Yeah, but yeah, because, I guess like, for like selling merchandise and whatever else they want to do yeah. with it. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, Jafar's outfit is just Jafar. Yeah, the Disney's Aladdin Jafar. Yeah, uh. like even even you know, like it existing still you know, works within like parody law, but um, yeah. like selling merch around it starts to get a little more iffy. So it's probably yeah. safer for them just to do things that play to the tropes of a genre that they want to do, but you know, otherwise aren't like any direct uh, references to things. So they don't yeah. have like any specific, you know, '80s serial killers showing up in this. <laughs> yeah, I've I've never noticed it, but they don't really they don't even really say many like copyrighted things in general. Mm. Um, like I aside aside from making a joke about Lin Manuel Miranda, uh, I don't I don't I don't think they actually say much. Like copyrighted titles at all. Well, they do say mm. they do have a thing about Moana and the guy who doesn't like musicals. So maybe I'm mm. off base. Anyway, um, yeah, it's good. Go go watch it if you like musicals and or light horror. Yeah, yep, yeah, star kid stuff. Um, it's all good wanna- and funny talk so okay so in the last two weeks we've had a couple new video games uh you know you played spider-man 2 i played super mario wonder Um, i've also got a few other movies and video games and stuff we also both watched event horizon i don't know if there's anything to say on that but uh i mean not really it's we've probably talked about it before i'm i'm almost positive we have it's mostly just dumb fun um, in a horror package, like it, it's it's not, it's it's not super deep or special. <laughs> like it's just, hey, this is neat. Like look at all the weird fucky imagery. Mm. Lawrence Fishburne's really cool. Yeah, I mean that's just his usual. Thing. He's still cool, you know, in like um, John Wick. Yeah. Like, that's still, you know, just his, like, general steez. Yeah. John, John Wick is probably the most emotive I've ever seen him. <laughs> uh, and he's still really cool, even though he acts like a big, bumbling idiot. Well, not really an idiot, but just, you know, big and bombastic. Hmm. So, I, okay, so do we want to talk about video games or movies? or Also, if I sound distracted, it's because we're recording late and I just got back from playing Magic, so I am uh, unshuffling my decks, i.e. organizing the ones that were shuffled. So I'm also going through cards. Um, but. And I'm not, I'm not distracted anymore because the game I was watching is over. The Saints won. Yay. Okay, so there, there were no goals to announce? Uh, no, some they kicked scored. a field goal okay. with like thirty seconds left. It's not a big deal. Okay. It was over. Well, yeah, that's yeah the end of the game. Did they need that yeah. one to win, or were they just adding win on top no. of the win they already had? No, they were up eight points, which is technically one score. Mm. But they went after the field goal. They went up eleven, which 
you, you just to cinch it so there's yeah, there, no chance. There's there's almost no possible way to score eleven points in thirty seconds. Oh yeah, like that. A- after that, it's basically they'd all have a to fall on their face. <laughs> yeah, they'd have to through. do. They'd have to do like thirty different specific things wrong <laughs> in like three plays to mm. to to give up uh, the game after that. Um, but yeah, there's your football segment for this one. Yeah, very important. So okay, uh, if uh, I had my dice, I would just roll the dice because that's how I decide things when I can't decide. Well, how about I talk about Project Wingman for like five minutes, and then you can talk about Mario, and okay. then we'll both talk about Spider-Man for like okay. an hour and a half. Okay. Uh, well, let me list off the other things I have in case we get to them after. Um, I bought Skyrim again. It's still good. I'm doing a lot of oh, the same no. stuff I did before, except now that I have like all the DLC to begin with, I can go straight to house building and marrying the sex priestess instead of... Uh, you know, doing all the bullshit story shit. Um, currently trying to get my pickpocket up to maximum so I can pickpocket her clothes off of her and give her a better outfit. Um, I guess that's my, my Skyrim update. Uh, I, I watched Barbie again, because uh, it came out on DVD. Um, I, I might have thoughts on having rewatched it, I don't know. Um, Last Voyage of the Demeter, it's a horror movie that I watched. Uh, Layers of Fear 2, I bought it on a sale. It was okay. Um, there's a new Brandon Sanderson book I read, and I watched a bunch of Doctor Who. So those are the other topics that maybe we'll get to after uh, Project Wingman and Mario and Spider-Man. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so, I think we also both watched Scary Movie, oh, which, yeah. like, there's not I much I watched to it, say. but I didn't have anything to say about it, aside from yeah. stuff we've already said about it being good and fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's like we we remember all the good jokes. We forgot about all the bad jokes. That's usually how comedies go. Yeah, I've forgotten about them again already. Yeah. There's a few dated jokes that we don't need to go over. <laughs> but, like, yeah. Scary Movie 3 and 4, they're... They don't hit on a lot of jokes, but they make enough jokes to where the ones that do hit are very memorable. Mm. They're good overall. Um, so, Project Planes. Yeah. So, there's recently an expansion for Project Wingman. If you don't know, Project Wingman is a... It's an indie game that was kickstarted like 10 years ago. Um, based on Ace Combat. It's... Very clearly based on Ace Combat, like nobody's trying to hide it. Um, it's really good and fun. If you like anything about flight games, play it. Um, but anyway, they just recently came out with a new expansion that everyone's mad about because it's only on PlayStation, which I get mm. because it's mainly a PC a PC game. Uh, so yeah, that's gonna piss some people off. Mm. Um, but luckily, I have a PS5, so I was able to play the expansion, and it's really fun. It's just, it's basically just like a really short version of the original campaign, except from the other side. Um, because in the original story, basically, 
blah, 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 400 years in the future, uh, Yellowstone exploded, um, civilization ended and rose back up from the ashes, but with modern technology. Um, and there's a massive Pacific-wide federation um, mm. that basically rules the world. And uh, Cascadia, which is basically like Alaska and whatever's left of the west coast of North America, um, is they they break off from the Federation, uh, and the player is a mercenary pilot uh, fighting with the Cascadians against the Federation. And that's the whole story I went over like two or three years ago when it came out. But mm. anyway, the the expansion is you are playing as like Federation reserve pilots um, on like let's see I guess you would be in like Northeast Asia like which what is currently Russia um, and Basically, there's a mission in the main game where both sides just throw every single plane that they have <laughs> into one huge fight. It's the best mission in the game. It might, it's like a top five ace combat <laughs> mission if you count uh, Project Wingman and that. It's super fun. You destroy the entire enemy <laughs> air force. Um, so the the expansion starts right after that where like a lot of your the federation forces are are retreating and they they call you and your squad up and like you're a bunch of nobodies uh like your your call signs like what they call you it is all based on like what what their job was on base there's like one guy's he's like oh I'm a bricklayer you could just call me brick <laughs> and Stuff like that. Uh, the player character is called Driver because apparently all he does is drive trucks. Um, but now he flies a plane. Yeah, like they're all, they're all pilots. They all know how to fly. Mm. Just like they're not they're not experienced pilots. Mm. Like, it's like they driving a truck with wings. Exactly. <laughs> a gun is just like a camera, right? You just point and shoot. Yeah. It's the same thing with trucks and planes. Yeah. Um, and like your your weapon systems uh, officers named IT can you guess what she did um, I can't think of a good uh, joke answer so I guess that's fine IT professional yeah <laughs> one of the IT crowd um, who sat in the basement and you know, just asked you yeah. if you tried turning it off and on again yeah, <laughs> that'd be funny if your missile didn't fire. If you try turning it off and on again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so you're you're leading a bunch of nobodies against uh, Cascadian invasion, and of of course the the main admiral leading the invasion is like some like evil weirdo uh admiral who wants to just like destroy everything for it seemingly no reason 
Um, so it's like, don't feel too bad about playing the bad guys from the main campaign. Even though, I mean, they're not technically bad guys. It's all morally gray, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's really short. I think it's like seven or eight missions long. So not very big at all. But they did add a Tunnel Run mission, and it's the funniest shit. <laughs> uh, so, it, I mean, you've played Ace Combat 7 a few years ago, so you, you know, like, in the, in the lead-up to every mission, there's, like, a briefing where they, mm. they give you an overview of what you're about to do. Um, and in the briefing for the Tunnel Run mission, they... <laughs> They basically said, like, okay, so the enemy base is camped up over here on the other side of this mountain. They have too many anti-aircraft guns, and they'll basically shoot us down if we try to fly over the mountains. But there's a half-built highway going straight through the mountains. And one of the other guys basically said, Hey, that thing is big enough to fly a plane through. <laughs> uh, and, the, and then the officer was like, Huh, yeah, it is, isn't it? Uh, and then they're like, So we're sending your best flyer through there to take out the enemy's base. Uh, and they actually say in the briefings, like, You know, best case scenario, we completely wipe out the enemy's headquarters. Worst case scenario, we just have to clean up a plane in the on, in the destroyed highway. It's like holy shit. Um, and the one of the funny things is when if you pick a two seater plane where uh, it actually flies with you, she's basically like, "What the fuck are you doing, you asshole? You did not need to bring me along." And she, she's screaming at you the whole time. Mm. Uh, it's it's really funny. Um, and then the the last boss is just a giant airship that has way too many guns on it. Like you you destroy like fifteen guns on it, and then in the next phase, there's just fifteen more guns. It, it's it's really long and kind of annoying to be honest, but yeah. Either way, Project Wingman, good. All right, uh, give me a minute. Okay. Uh, this is the interruption I talked about before. Okay. I'll be right back. Okay. I have two more decks to sort. Um. Hmm. Do I ramble to Eugene about these decks that I'm sorting? Or... I don't know. Right now I'm sorting through a pirate deck. Uh, I don't know. It, it did okay, I guess. I don't know. Today was kind of a slump. I played four games and I lost four games, so, you know, that's fun. Uh, kind of feel like I'm holding myself back, really, because I have better decks I could play, I just don't, because it feels like, oh, I'm playing good stuff, it's too strong, I want to give people a chance, and then I get 
raffle stomped, and then I wonder, why am I even doing this? I should just play something better. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I am interested to see, there, there is a, I mean, hmm, I guess any, you know, we always address Eugene as the only listener. I hope there's more people listening than Eugene. Uh, feel free to comment over on the Discord on the uh, fan productions box, because that's the only place I post this anymore, because Twitter no longer exists. It has been replaced by a hideous thing called X, uh, although I had stopped posting there long before that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. If anyone listens to Spewpunk, I know that that's Austin's new show, uh, Austin and Quinn, um have been, you know, they, like, talk about nerd stuff on there. It's only accessible to patrons of, um, the, the Dice Funk, but, you know, it, 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 it's nice. It's, it kind of gives me the vibes that Word Funk used to that haven't been there for a long time. Um, but they talk about magic a lot, and so they've mentioned there, there is a new set coming up, uh, the Return to Ixalan, um, or it kind of, I mean, they're calling it Lost Caverns of Ixalan because it is a return to Ixalan, but also it's, um, they made it so, Ix they want to do like an underground cavern set. So Ixalan turns out it's a hollow earth and the, all those dinosaurs and shit, and there's actually more of them underground. And there's like a whole civilization underground and stuff. Um, but the original Ixalan was like a hunt for El Dorado type set where there were, um, it's, it's like, there's, there's like a South American style jungle with natives and dinosaurs and merfolk, and it's being invaded by vampire conquistadors and pirates. And I like pirates. Pirates are fun. Even though their cards have generally been shit, um, I have a pirate deck, the one that I played today. I made a custom commander for it that I've been working to balance, because I don't want, it's like, if I make it too strong, people are going to say, oh, you're cheating because you made that card, and so you made it too good. But if I make it too weak, then it's like, well, it didn't really do much, and I just kind of got stopped. Um, so I've been trying to make it Make balanced. it just right. Oh, you're back. Yeah, I decided I was going to just talk to Eugene and anyone else who might be listening about this pirate deck, and also that there's a new pirate set coming out, and, um... With it, there are going to be more commander options, so I could try to maybe swap it out for something official. But at the same time, I've gone through like six or seven iterations of my own <coughs> custom commander, so I feel kind of bad doing all that work and then swapping it out. You know, unless they make something that plays into the like the specific strategy I want. So pirates in Ixalan are blue, black, and red. Um, since Ixalan, they've done a few things with pirates, but they've ended up only being blue and red because of whatever draft environment things, so they haven't had a lot of support for black, so the only option I've had for a blue-black-red pirate deck is Admiral, Beck Admiral Beckett Brass, who gives all your pirates plus one, plus one, and makes it so if you hit someone with three pirates, you steal one of their permanents. Um, and I was saying to Brent before the call that theft is an effect that I... It stresses me out genuinely to be like, um, well, mostly to have it done to me. Uh, I don't want someone to be like, hey, give me your card. And now I have to remember, okay, you've taken my card and I'm a little nervous giving you my stuff. Uh, you know, I want you to be careful with it. I want to make sure I get it back. And so because of that, I don't want to do that to other people. So I, you know... I, I didn't like having to run that, but it's the only commander who is a pirate in the colors that I want. Um, so my custom one is, uh, if my pirates hit someone, I make treasure. 
and then I can tap my treasures to make my pirates have stronger attack. Um, because I want a deck that incentivizes having pirates and making treasure and using that treasure to get more treasure and not spending your treasure because you're a pirate and you're going to hoard it all and stick it in a chest and bury it on a beach somewhere and then forget about it or get killed or something and then you never find your treasure because you buried it on a beach somewhere but you know so yeah so that that's the kind of deck i want they've shown off one new commander option it's a new version of beckett brass who lets you cast pirates from your graveyard um that's not the kind of strategy I wanted, but at least it's not a strategy that I hate. So I'm thinking that'll be like the backup option for if someone doesn't want to play against my custom version. But, yeah. So that's where I'm at with that. Um, anyway, since you're back, I should probably get on topic with uh, Mario. Um, I know a Mario. Yeah. Yeah, Super Mario Wonder just came out. Uh, I've talked about it a little bit. I mean, it seems like a lot of people are having the same kind of thoughts I am who have played it. That um, So Mario... Like, 2D Mario games. They... like The first four, you know, for the NES and Super NES, Mario 1, 2, 3, and World, not counting the Japanese version of Mario 2, which was kind of just a harder version of Mario 1. But Mario Yoshi's Island. Yeah, Yoshi's Island, it it was a Mario game, but it's kind of considered its own thing now. Same for, like, Mario World. Like, that was Mario Land 3, and then now it's just kind of its own thing. Um, But, you know, Mario 1, 2, 3, and World all were, like, distinctly different. You know, like, you can pull a sprite from one of them and tell which game it's from, because they're all unique and interesting. Um... And then the series, you know, aside from, like, the Yoshi and the Wario games, kind of went on hiatus for, like, 15 years. Um, you know, they, they did, like, Mario 64 and Mario Sunshine, and, like, Mario had moved into 3D space. Um, on Game Boy Advance, they had, like, remakes of the NES and Super NES ones, but, um, and it was, like, Mario All-Stars was a remake of the older ones, but, you know... There wasn't yeah. any 2D Mario until New Super Mario Brothers came out for DS, and that was kind of a fun throwback. You know, it like they, they took like some fairly generic Mario designs for it, but you know, it, it like they're trying to do a thing in the style of the old ones, and that was cool. Um, but apparently, it sold too well because they continued to do that same fucking game for like ten years after that. Um, yeah. Because they did, you know, New Super Mario Bros. Wii, which was basically the same game except with four players. Uh, but when I say basically the same game, I mean, it like, the art assets, it feels so generic the way they yeah. went with it. For that whole, even like the 3D games, Mario 3D Land and 3D World, it feels like they're trying to sell it on the strength of multiplayer and a cool new power-up. And the rest of it, there's just no, like interesting yeah. world to it at all yeah it, it's, it's it's the most cookie cutter mario you can get right it, it, it's like they replace or they they reuse like 80 percent of the audio 80 percent of the assets yeah. and 80 percent of the power-ups yeah um so <laughs> yeah so they did you know they did like that and mario uh mario well so they did new super mario New Super Mario Bros. Wii, and then New Super Mario Bros. 2 was the third game, but it was the second one on DS. 
Uh, and that one, it's just, hey, it's it's New Super Mario again, except there's a bajillion coins, and people love collecting coins. So, um... Yeah. Let's make collecting coins meaningless. Yeah. By having just, a million yeah, of them everywhere. Yeah, you just collect coins everywhere, and y- it doesn't really matter. Um, and then New Super Mario Brothers U for Wii U. And then New Super Luigi U, which was the same game, but with the levels were, like, meant to be, like, speed run. Each one only has a timer of 100 seconds. And you're playing as Luigi, Two Toads, and Nabbit instead of Mario, Luigi, and Two Toads. Because why would we let you play as Peach again? You know, that was the thing for New Super... Or for back on the NES and never after. Uh, Until now, with Mario Wonder. Um, And then they did, like, the Mario Maker games, which were, you know, th- like those were like really cool and interesting with what they did mixing up the elements they already had from existing Mario stuff. Yeah. Um, but but 2D Mario has been in kind of a slog. Like, even like Mario U came out in like 2012 and then they released it again on Switch. So that's been like the only 2D Mario game for the last 10 years. Not counting the Maker games. Um, but Mario Wonder, it's out. It's it's new and interesting. They changed the visual style. They changed the voice actor. Um, they make it so you can pl- like you can choose pretty much any you know between levels. You can like pause and switch characters between Mario, Luigi, Peach, Daisy, Toad, Yoshi, Nabbit. You know, lots of different options. With sometimes they play a little differently. Uh, like the Yoshi's can't get power ups. But they're also basically immune to damage, and they've got their flutter kick, and if you're playing as one of the other characters, you can hop on Yoshi's back and have the Yoshi player carry you around. So it's a lot of good options for if you're playing with like people with different skill levels uh, to be able to help them out. That sounds cool. And then, you know, there's, just, there's a lot of, like, little things, you know, a lot of the game, it pl- playing it, it feels like just kind of your normal 2D Mario. But then there's just these little touches they did. Like, you know, there's the whole wonder thing of, like, every level has a wonder seed, and when you touch it, something really weird and crazy happens. Like, you know, Mario gets all stretched out, and he'll be, like, super tall, but then when he squats down, he's, like, tiny. Um, and you have to, like, use that to your advantage. Sometimes he's, like, walking around on the backdrop of the, the screen... Uh, he'll, like, turn into a slime that sticks to walls, and you have to, like, navigate, you know, knowing that you can stick to ceilings and walls and stuff, but you can't really jump worth shit. Um, so there's just, there's those, like, fun elements to it. Uh, there are no timers on levels at all, because fuck that. Um, you know, you can still... Because it's not the arcades anymore. Yeah, there's no, there's no score points, because who cares? There's no timers, because we don't need them. Um, it's, you know, you're still collecting gold coins, and if you get 100, you get a life. And you're collecting purple, like, flower coins that you can use to pay for either, like, one-ups at the shops, or there's, like, these collectible standees that you can put in, like, locations. And that's just, like, a thing for multiplayer, so people can see, like, oh, that player was here, and they dropped their, their sign on that spot. Their, like, emoji sign. Um, and then there's, and also there's, um, badges. So there's things like, 
like Luigi's flutter kick. He doesn't naturally have it in this one, but you can get a badge that's like the high jump badge. And if you equip that, then your character gets like the Luigi jump. Um, and so the, and like triple jumping and, uh, the like Mario 2 thing where you squat down and charge up and then jump higher. Um, those are badges and you can have one equipped per level. So you have to like pick which one fits your play style and your needs for that level. And you can oh. unlock those in like trial levels where it's a shorter level and you have to have that badge equipped and it's like a way of teaching you those. And most of them play really well. There's like one that it threw the physics off so much that I couldn't really get a hang on it. Although I did end up, you know, over the course of a week, I beat all the levels, got all the pretty much everything. There's like some other nitpicky shit I could go back and try to collect all the purple coins, but I got all I saw all the levels and got all of the wonder seeds for, you know, doing all the levels. So I feel like I've, you know, seen everything the game has to offer. Um it's slightly shorter than other Mario, you know, it's seven worlds instead of eight, but you know, it, it's still it's cool and you know, it's it's a step in the right direction. It's you know, nice to see them like willing to experiment and do stuff differently. In some ways, it feels kind of like the newer Kirby games, where, you know, the way they've broken up the le some levels are full levels, some levels are just, like, small levels intended to, like, teach you mechanics. It, so it sounds basically like a one of the new Mario games, except actually innovating instead yeah. of just uh, re replaying the, all the hits. Yeah, it wasn't as different from a new Super Mario Brothers as I would have liked, but it is definitely, you know, different in some good ways from them. Also, you could be an elephant. Yep. Yep, yep. The the power-ups in this game, there's... Uh, the Fire Flower is the only returning classic one. Uh, and then there's Elephant, who has... You can, like, hit things with your trunk. So you've got basically, like, a punch attack with your trunk. And you can also, like, break blocks with your trunk, because you're strong and you're an elephant. Um, and then, um, there, there's bubble power, there's like a bubble flower that lets you shoot bubbles that you can jump and bounce off of, although it's a little tricky to time that, or if an enemy gets caught in the bubble, it just gets, like, dissolved. Um, like, I don't know what these bubbles Ooh. are made of, they're, they're pretty vicious. Um, and then there's drill which is, Mario has, like, a drill on his head, and if you, like, jump up and hit the ceiling, you drill up into the ceiling, and you can, like, ride along the edge of the ceiling, um, and until you decide to jump out. Or if you ground pound the ground, you drill into the ground, and then, um, you can, like, move around under the ground until you, you know, jump up out of there. So. So it sounds like they got kind of weird with it, which is good. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think this is the first Mario game where it kind of makes sense that the whole world is like a drug trip. Like, all of Mario has always had this. You know, the like hills with eyes and just weird shit going on everywhere. But in this one, because of the wonder stuff, you get the sense, like, this whole world has, like, a dreamlike quality to it. So, it, it kind of makes sense when weird things happen 
And then, you know, th there isn't really a plot. It's a Mario game. Bowser's stolen the wonder power. He wants to make a crazy wonder world in his own image. Uh, you have to go collect all the power of the other wonder thingies to go fight Bowser and then stop him. Um, also, they do some, like, fun, like, creative things with music in this game. Like, one of the early levels, um, you, you get, like, a little ways into the level and then it turns into, a, like, an auto-scroller. And as it's auto-scrolling, there's music playing and there's piranha plants that, like, pop up out of pipes and are singing to the tune. And if you, you know, kill them, then their voices, you know, you still hear the music playing, but they're not singing along to it anymore because they're dead. But, yeah, they'll be, like, singing along to the beat, uh, you know, and if allowed to keep going they'll like jump up out of the plant and start walking you know it's like a whole moving musical number um and the final battle with bowser ends up being kind of a rhythm battle too <laughs> that that sounds awesome yeah so yeah it was it was cool um i might actually pick it up then yeah. i wasn't planning on it yeah like i bought skyrim again and then I bought this, and then I kind of juggled them back and forth, but now Mario's done, and I'm back on Skyrim, and just being a thief, stealing stuff. You know, I'm, I'm playing Jade again, but now I know that I don't care about the main story, and I, I can go to the stuff I do care about, like, uh, first I went to Markarth, and I got the sexy outfit, and then I went to Riften, and I did enough of the Thieves Guild that I got the skeleton key, but I'm gonna keep it until I have unbreakable lockpicks. And now I'm building my lake house, because I finally figured out where the lake house was. I thought it was near Riften, and it turns out it was near Falkreath. So I don't know where those places are, but I'm happy you found it. They're toward the south. The, the, they're the parts of Skyrim that aren't completely snowy all the time. Oh, so the good parts. Yeah. Yep, no, I started building my lake house, uh, I ran out of iron, so I snuck around places and tried to steal some iron, and ended up stumbling into a few more quests on the way. Uh, you know, slay the demon, that type of stuff. Yeah, it's like, oh, there's a murderer running loose in town, and I broke into his lair while just looking for iron and glass <laughs> and, uh, stuff I need to build my house. <laughs> It'd be funny if you went up to somebody like, hey, there's there's a thief stealing all the iron in town. Can you figure out who it is? <laughs> yeah. Um, One day there'll be a game that can actually do that, and it'll be the funniest shit. Where the, the characters can actually respond to your own actions. Yeah. But not know you did it. I mean, that, there, there's stuff in like Mass Effect and Baldur's Gate where, you know, like the, the, there's pre-planned um, dialogue like that, but not. Yeah, <laughs> like know. the characters will react in the moment when I'm, you know, if, if I pick their pockets and I fail, then they'll get mad and then I, you know, go back to the save that I did before uh, I attempted that. Yeah. But it it would be funny if if like there was some kind of uh, world where like oh somebody's stealing all the iron uh, can you stop them and then you're able to frame somebody for it mm. you just sneak a bunch of iron into their house 
Yeah, and then I joined the investigation so I can collect it all on my way out. Yeah. Tell them I'm gonna return it. <laughs> you, you swipe the key to the to the contraband or Im- impound. Uh, mm. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. evidence I locker. The jail. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so Spider-Man 2, the, oh boy. not to be confused with by, you know, any of the other Spider-Man 2 there have been, it's been multiple. There's so, there's so much in Spider-Man 2, um, like the, the story goes on for like 15 hours, like 16 hours with just, like, story missions, um. So I I guess background uh, of the first game, um, like real basics. Uh, so Peter's been Spider-Man for like eight or nine years in the first game. Um, he's working for Doctor Octavius, who's trying to build a like mind-controlled prosthetic arm because he's got a like debilitating disease that will end up with him not being able to use his arms and legs. Um, uh, Norman Osborn comes in and ruins everything, blah, blah, blah. He turns into Dr. Octopus at the end, and Peter beats him up. It's real sad. Um, There's also Mr. Negative, Martin Lee, who the whole thing is that he's kind of a duality like oh he runs a homeless shelter but also um he's a terrorist mm. <laughs> he blew up he he blew up norman osborne's uh like mayor rally because uh it was it was an oscorp experiment on his parents that got him the negative powers um, so the the two main villains in the first one hate Norman Osborn, and basically everything is his fault, um, like from a top-down perspective. Um, and also, one of the things Martin Lee does is release Devil's Breath, which is uh, it it's a disease that was created by Oscorp, because Norman Osborn was trying to cure Harry Osborn's uh, like fatal illness, um, and one of the failed projects was uh, Devil's Breath. Um, instead of curing the disease, it just created a much worse one. Mm. Um, and Martin Lee was like. This is how I destroyed Norman Osborn, and he let it loose over New York, and there was a that was a whole thing for Spider-Man to deal with. Also, there's the Sinister Sinister Six, with you know all the usual bad guys. Not Mysterio though. Mm, not yet. Nope. And uh, Aunt May dies. Uh, Peter beats up Doctor Octopus. Norman Osborn. Suffers no consequences aside from his reputation. Um, MJ's a reporter working for the Bugle. Miles Morales is just a high school student who loses his dad um, in one of Martin Lee's bombings. Um, And at the end, he gets bitten by the spider. Um, 
Okay, so that the the sequ- the like mid qual sequel is his first time being a Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. Like at the end of the first one, there's a little cutscene of uh, because after after Miles' dad dies, her uh, his mom basically refers him to like, why don't you try doing volunteer work? Your dad would be proud. It'll get your mind off of the fact that, you know, he died. Um, so he, he starts working at the, the homeless shelter with Aunt May and Peter. Mm. So like, and Peter starts becoming his role model. And then at the end, um, there's a thing where Miles is like, Hey, Peter, I don't know else. I don't know who else I could tell this to. And then he jumps on the ceiling and sticks to it. Mm. Then Peter's like, oh, yeah, that's a hell of a thing. And then he he jumps <laughs> to the ceiling as well. It's like, mm. it's like setting up for the sequels. Um, and then there's Miles Morales. Just uh, a whole thing of Miles being Spider-Man for the first time. Um, his best friend from childhood is the Tankerer. There's a whole thing, uh, like an evil tech company, blah, blah, blah. The, they end up making a thing that's a bomb that's going to destroy Manhattan. Miles' friend, the tankerer, sacrifices herself at the end to, so Manhattan doesn't get blown up. Uh, Miles is a hero. Um, and I think his face gets revealed to a, a bunch of people in Harlem, but they keep their mouths shut because community. Mm. Um, and one so, of them yeah. brings the mask back to him at the front of the train and... it's basically that <laughs> I mean, they I mean, won't tell yeah. nobody <laughs> right <laughs> you mess with one of us you mess with all <laughs> I, <laughs> I love that part mm. Fucking, uh, but anyway so in the in the second game like there's two established Spider-Men now and they're both called Spider-Man. It's a little weird, but not as weird as you might think. Mm. Um, so, at the beginning, Peter gets... Because Peter is now without a job because his last employer turned out to be a supervillain. Um, you know, it happens. Um, so... Peter gets a job as a teacher at Brooklyn Visions, which is Miles' uh, gifted kid school. And on his first day, Sandman decides to attack. So he gets fired um, because he ran out on his students in the middle of uh, a disaster, basically. Mm. And the principal was like, okay, you're a piece of shit. Get the fuck out. I, you know, like, mm, yeah. reasonably. Um, but yeah, so there's this big, you know, spectacle fight against Sandman. Sandman's like, they made me do it. I didn't want to. And then the Spider-Men are like, I don't know what he's talking about, but it's kind of weird, right? Yeah. Um, maybe we should ask him who made him do it. Yeah, maybe they should have. Yeah. <laughs> But they didn't. Um, um, and it it turns out that 
it was a bunch of hunters from the you, you kind of see Craven's perspective where like he's looking for somebody who can match his skills um and spoiler alert he's looking for somebody who can kill him in a fight oh okay so uh, it's kind of a Craven's last hunt thing kind of except instead of killing Spider-Man to become him or whatever yeah. happened in that it's Craven's got cancer. He doesn't want to die in a hospital bed. He wants to, like, die in battle mm. against a no, worthy right. foe. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, after killing a bunch of, like, just regular people who can't stand up to him, uh, somebody gives him a list of people, uh, of, like, super-powered individuals in New York who uh, he can hunt and who might, you know, give him a chance at a, a sweet heroic death or, you know, sweet honorable death or whatever he's looking for. That's why Sandman went all crazy uh, because they, they like pump stuff in him that made him like forget that he's Flint Marco and just be the Sandman. And uh, the first time you see Craven's hunters, they're, there's like a prison transfer from the raft where they're moving Scorpion and Martin Lee. And they, I don't know where they're moving them, by the way. I don't think they specify. It is kind of weird that they just have like a, a super prison for uh, like super powered people just in the middle of New York City. You know, like just like on the river. You'd think they would keep that away from civilization, but they don't. Mm. But anyway. Yeah. They they attack the the ship that uh, Scorpion and Mister Negative are getting transported on, and basically what ends up happening is Scorpion gets away. Miles, uh, Peter, and Miles are both there. Miles, like the the ship is going down, and Martin Lee's like, "You're Spider Man. You have to save me." And Miles hesitates. <laughs> Because uh, Lee killed his dad, and he's basically blinded by rage at this point. Like he he's he's contemplating just letting him drown, and then the hunters like come and like steal his whole uh, cell, and like while while Peter's trying to save a bunch of people because the boat got crashed into the into the dock, and there's a lot of people, and the dock is on fire. There's a giant uh, whirling propeller from the ship about to slice a bunch of people into bits. Peter's trying to save them. It's like, Miles, let him go. Help me. And then Miles is just like standing there for like 10 seconds, uh, like watching Lee go away before he decides to help and save all the people because this is his character arc. Hmm. Uh, and then meanwhile... Uh, Harry Osborn just appears out of nowhere. Cause in the first game, they go into that he has this fatal illness, and he told everybody that he was going to a university in Europe while he was actually just in a tank um, in Norman Osborn's apartment, like a, a secret lab, mm. to try to cure him. And he basically comes up to... Uh, Peter and Mary Jane and 
there's flashbacks of them as high schoolers, uh, you know, messing around, uh, having fun, all that type of stuff. Very endearing. Um, eventually, they they go to Coney Island, like the amusement park on Coney Island. And, uh, you know, of course, all types of really bad shit happens. Turns out that Tombstone is working as a go-kart mechanic <laughs> um, at the amusement park because a, a big a big theme of this game is uh, villains being redeemed um, because Sandman didn't want to be Sandman. He wanted to be Flint Marco until the hunters uh, made him be Sandman to protect his daughter. Tombstone is just a go-kart mechanic out of prison. Um, there's no indication that, you know, he's going back to a life of crime. Mysterio, in one of the side missions, um, it turns out he wants to make, like, really immersive VR entertainment using, like, his uh, illusion specialty. Yeah. Um, there's a whole thing where turns out that his business partners were just using him and like the Mysterio brand, I guess, to, uh, I forget exactly what their goal is, but. Yeah, I know, because I uh, watched the Mysterio scenes and it's like they kidnapped a bunch of people and stuck them in these VR sim things and Spider Man has to fight a bunch of guys, you know, VR constructions to rescue the people. But yeah, I don't. Were they like extorting money from the people they were keeping hostage in there, or I, or what? I I think the idea was that they get Quentin back to make the technology, and then they get him arrested so that they own it and can sell it. I guess uh, maybe yeah, something like that. Um, but also, Quentin back turns out to just like he just. He doesn't want to be a, a criminal anymore. He just wants to live his life. Yeah. So yeah, there probably won't be any actual um, villain Mysterio in this world. Yeah. At least not from a flashback. No, uh, not unless they... Uh, I guess if they really wanted to, there's like Danny Burkhart and some of the other Mysterios. You know, someone else who takes up the mantle and decides to use it for evil. Yeah, uh, I mean other characters stealing like villains tech or powers and doing stuff with them is a tried and true way of <laughs> not letting a, a character technically die mm. even if they are dead or out of commission yeah um, uh, but yeah so Harry's back there's Craven. Craven's hunters in the world. Also, eventually you find out the only way Harry is still walking around is because the Venom symbiote is attached to him. Um, is it an alien in this version, or is it um, like a science experiment? It's a little bit of both. So, basically, uh, the meteorite crashed a la Spider-Man 3, and the symbiote was in it. Um, and Dr. Connors and Norman Osborn in a team of like 
I guess, like basically like Oscorp soldiers. Mm. Um, they go there, retrieve the symbiote. That's how Dr. Connors loses his arm. The, the symbiote was latching onto his arm, and he told one of the Oscorp soldiers to shoot it off. Yeah, <laughs> um, okay, because nobody had a knife, so they had to use a gun. Yeah. And I mean, a gun will do it. <laughs> Eventually. Uh, yeah. Um, I guess if it's a shotgun, then. That's an assault rifle. It can go through bone. Mm. Oh, yeah, but it's, you know, it would take a lot of bullets. You've got to, like, hold that arm yeah. still so you can, like, poke, 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 yeah. poke through the whole thing. Where was it, like, a shotgun and you just blow the whole thing right off? Uh, uh, yeah, but that's that's the backstory for the symbiote and also Dr. Connors losing his arm. Um, and how Norman Osborn was able to attach the symbiote to Harry. Um, so I, I guess eventually it the, it stops rejecting Harry's body. I I guess like I I guess it was just rejecting his body for a while. Um, but eventually it took it because it was the only one there. I don't know the specifics of why it took so long. Mm. Um, or if they just wanted to test it for a while, I don't know. So, yeah, now we have the two big bads. We have Craven and the Venom symbiote in play. Do they end up merging um, together like the N64 PS1, you know, where it was like... There was Carnage and there was Doc Ock, and then you get Doc Ock Carnage at the end. Do we no. get a? We don't get a Venom Craven. I mean, I mean, not no. Okay. <laughs> no, um, Venom only attaches to two people in this story, and it's Harry and Peter. Okay. I heard there were other symbiotes in this too. There are. Um, trying to think, what's the next important plot point? Um, because like, there's a lot of, you know, like Peter's personal life where he can't afford to pay the mortgage on May's house. Um, Mary Jane doesn't want to move into May's house with him, but Peter doesn't want to sell the house either. Um, even though he can't afford it. Uh, because it has uh, emotional value. Um, there's a whole flashback where Peter sees like a Daily Bugle article, like while he's you know high school Spider-Man, and he smashes a hole in the wall in May because they make it very obvious that oh, like she knows he's Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, she's always known mm. where she she basically says. Peter, balance is not a destination. It's a process. You have to work at it every single day. You know, teaching him a, a, an important life lesson. And they then they point little angry eyes over the the uh, fist-sized hole in the wall and make it look like a little face where the, the hole's the mouth. It's really cute and kind of touching. A little sad because she's dead. Um, but yeah, that's Peter's like personal issues, uh, is that, you know, his relationship with Mary Jane is like not in trouble, but it's a little rocky 
because they both want different things. And uh, MJ's career is also not doing great because she is working for the Bugle and all Jameson wants is for her to write dirt about Spider-Man. Uh, and she obviously doesn't want to do that for several reasons. Hmm. Um, also, all, all of Peter's friends basically now know he's Spider-Man except for Harry. Actually, all of Peter's and Miles's friends <laughs> and family. So, yeah. This, this is like the most out Peter has been in a universe I can think of. Aside from you know, the end of Far From Home and Civil War before One More Day where he was just out to the world. But anyway, Harry invites Peter to like basically be his partner running um, a science foundation meant to heal the world. Um called the Emily May Foundation after Peter's aunt and Harry's mom were both dead. Mm. And there's all kind of like, oh, we're going to save the bees, you know, type uh, science technology. Like, it, it's basically a non-profit under Oscorp meant, like, meant to solve all the world's problems. Um, so, of course, you know, it's not going to go well. Mm. <laughs> well like, a, eventually... Eventually, you know, Harry finds out Peter's Spider-Man. Peter finds out uh, Harry has the symbiote. And then somebody gets um, bitten by a radioactive bee. And now there's a bee villain. Because <laughs> they tried to save the bees. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, let's see. See, he's, the, the story is just really long, and I'm trying to think of the plot points in order. It's a little difficult. Um like Miles's like personal drama isn't as big as Peter's. It, it's just he's trying to write his like college uh, application essay, and he doesn't know what to put because I guess to him like his whole life right now is being Spider-Man, and he obviously can't put that in there. So yeah, eventually you get to the big like half game. Uh, like halfway point climax where so af after uh, after Peter and Harry know that the other has superpowers um, Harry shows up to help Peter out sometimes and he's he's agent venom <laughs> like he's, he's using the agent venom suit mm. um, because what what other chance are they gonna have to use it right might as well yeah it um, takes like a long amount of continuity to set up the comics version yeah. of that. Yeah, but it, it's basically just Harry's, uh, you know, superhero identity. Mm. He's not called Venom yet, though. It's just Harry. Apparently nobody knows about him. Mm. Um, but yeah, they've, they've teamed up a few times now. Um, MJ tracks Craven, like some of Craven's uh, men to an old zoo, like an, an old abandoned zoo, where she finds out that Craven's killed several supervillains, like 
he's killed he kills scorpion by letting scorpion um stab him in the chest with, with his uh you know poison stinger basically saying like this is weak this is the best you can do and then he basically chokes scorpion to death mm. um like in in this world craven is huge and strong um like to a ridiculous degree like way more than he is in most other spider-man things where he's just like he's the upper limits of a human basically like slightly maybe slightly super powered but not like this is the most powerful i've ever seen craven in anything yeah because um, i mean like in spectacular spider-man he gets mutated to be like half lion but that's the most i've seen of him having powers yeah, in this one, it's implied that he's got some kind of magic potions that are making him super strong. Um, so he keeps taking potions, but also he wants someone to kill him. Yeah. Well, he wants somebody to kill him at his strongest, I guess. Mm. So MJ tracks people to the zoo. Um, the Craven's... Craven's people have kidnapped Dr. Connors. They want to, like, re-engineer, um, like, his uh, lizard formula to turn him into the lizard again so Craven can hunt it. Um, she calls over Peter and Harry, um, and basically a lot of weird shit happens. Uh, Craven injects... Dr. Connors with uh, the lizard serum. He's starting to turn, but not quite yet. Peter tries to fight Craven. Uh, It's a little weird what happens. Like, he tries to punch Craven. Craven catches his fist and stabs Peter, like, in the gut. Um, And Peter is now dying. Um, But when Harry goes up to to help him, the symbiote leaves Harry's body and jumps into Peter's. Um, so now Peter is living because the symbiote is healing him, and he's also more powerful than ever before. Like, you know, it's the black suit art um, that we've seen a million times. Mm. But um, no, you know, he's, no Eddie Brock in this one, though, right? No, no. People, people were speculating about Eddie Brock for the past five years, even though it was very clear that it was going to be Harry Osborn hmm. <laughs> um, with the symbiote since the first game, where they were both stuck in the tank together, and a lot of people were ve- being very weird about it. Like I, I get. That, that they want Eddie Brock, but like that's just not what was going to happen. Yeah, you need setup if you're going to do Eddie Brock. Yeah. Um, so yeah. It, so now starts the black suit arc where, you know, Peter is very violent with the symbiote. Um, Harry is slowly dying of his disease because without the symbiote to heal him, um, it's catching up with him again. So as time goes on, he is slowly getting weaker and dying. 
I think at this point, Miles and Peter haven't talked to each other in a while because they're both so busy that uh, they just haven't been communicating with each other much. It's kind of a cop-out, to be honest. Like, why have two Spider-Men? They're never in the same place. But, yeah, a few days pass. Um, eventually, they they get a beat on the lizard. Craven's men are tracking him down. There's a whole sequence with some boats that was in the trailer, like one of the gameplay trailers. Miles and Peter are finally in the same place at the same time. Miles is really freaked out about how Peter acts with the symbiote. Um, eventually, uh, Peter has a fight with the lizard. And th this is the part where Peter really starts being a dick. Uh, like he's fighting he's fighting the lizard in a sewer and uh you know one of the one of the things that, you know venom's only weakness is certain sounds and fire and not in this one oh. fire is like they they, they really put the a point that fire fires fire's not a weakness mm. they have they have Harry with the Venom suit go into like a steel uh, forge mm. um, that is like molten hot to save Tombstone, who was who was captured. Um, and he's like, "That's okay. The suit will protect me from the fire." And like, "Okay, I get it. Mm. <laughs> it's, fire's not a weakness. I get it." Um, so yeah, the the only Venom's only weakness is sound. So and like the the lizard scream uh, hurts Peter with the symbiote, uh, and one of the things Peter can say is, "Yeah, no lo no wonder your family left you <laughs> if you act like this." Uh, so yeah, ev eventually they cure they cure uh, the lizard, um, and they ask Doctor Connors about the symbiote. And he explains that the whole thing with the the backstory of him losing his arm, um, and Norman trying to use it to cure Harry, and also that he still got a piece of the meteor that fell, um, and the symbiote wants it uh, for whatever reason, um, and I forget why. They leave before the symbiote decides it wants Peter to take it, but uh, he doesn't get it yet. And while that's happening, uh, Miles is just obsessed with tracking down Martin Lee because him being free is just really pissing him off, like to an obsessive degree. Now that I think about it, Miles' Miles's story is really a lot more simple mm. <laughs> than Peter's. I'm honestly struggling to think about what happens with Miles. Like, he's got a lot of small things going on in his life, but not anything huge or major. Mm. Uh, Sorry, I was about to sneeze. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wasn't sure if you were trying to remember uh, something else about the game. or. Well, at, fir at first I was, and I had a sneeze coming along. Um, so <laughs> it ended up being a really long silence. Mm. Um, but it won't be after editing. Oh, appreciate that. Um, yeah, so eventually things get really bad with Harry. 
there, there's one of the lines from the game that gets memed on uh, comes about when uh, you know Peter's like it, it's it's weird that it only happens over the course of a few days, but Peter's like really really becoming an asshole at this point. Um, he keeps rationalizing to himself about why he should keep the black suit and not give it back to Harry, even though it, it's literally killing him. Um, you know, it's killing Harry not having it. Mm. Um, so then one time um, when he, uh, Peter, Harry, and MJ are all in the same room, and uh, Harry's taking some pills just to get by because he's very qu- quickly wasting away. Uh, Harry's like, Peter, I need that suit. Uh, like, I don't know why you don't want to give it to me. You're being a real asshole, basically. And P- Peter tells him, why don't you keep popping more pills and tell me how you really feel? Uh, which is where everything just starts really going off the rails. Mm. You know, everybody's basically looking at Peter like a huge asshole. And then eventually there's the big climax against Craven, where it, it starts with, um, it starts with Craven luring, I think it's both Spider-Men to a certain, I, I forget the details, but basically what ends up happening is, um, Okay, yeah, I remember now. Um, Peter goes home to May's house um, and just, like, falls asleep, even though MJ is trying to talk to him. Like, basically talk him down from being the big asshole that he's being. Mm. Um, When a bunch of hunters surround the house, um, and she goes to wake Peter up, and he's already gone, and... She goes outside, and he's basically, like, destroying them. Like, it's it's not implied that he's actually killing them, but it sounds like he is. Um, like, you know, he's being the monstrous, tentacly version of uh, the symbiote that we all know and love. Um, and eventually, MJ calls Miles over to help her deal with Peter and they they end up like in uh, a, a tunnel that's being constructed um, MJ tells Miles to lock her and Peter in the tunnel so she can talk to him and what ends up happening is like Peter's basically full monster at this point and the only way uh, she can get him to stop and talk talk to her is by shocking him with her stun gun, which knocks him out for a couple seconds. And then he wakes up and he says, MJ run. (laughs) And now it's a horror sequence where you're playing as MJ, like running out of the tunnel while, um, symbiote Peter chases you and tries to kill you. Mm. Um, and while all this is happening, the hunters have cornered Miles, and it's one of those video game things where, you know, you beat up a million hunters 
uh, outside the tunnel, but they eventually win in the cutscene that happens after. So they capture Miles. Miles, while captured, is basically put in holding cells. Uh, yeah. He's put in a holding cell, and then, like, basically they, they let him go into the hunter facility where he sees a bunch of empty cages or empty cells with a bunch of uh, supervillains' names and faces on them. Uh, do you want to guess who dies aside from Scorpion? Uh, for villains? Yeah, there's... Um, uh, is it all ones three that more were in that the, the first game? Or? They were all in the first game. Okay, I mean, because I haven't played either of the Actually. games. Was Electro? Yep. Mm, okay. Is it one of the ones that Electro died? dies. Okay. Um, uh, shit, what other villains might they have had? There's, there's two more. Is Rhino in there? No. Mm. He wasn't. He was in the first game and in Miles Morales, but he's not in uh, Spider-Man 2. I mean, it would be fitting, because, you know, Craven, the hunt, big yeah. game African hunter. Um, yeah, it would make more sense. Well, let's see, who else might be there? Mr. Negative? He, he actually is on one of the cells, but it turns out he's a boss fight for Miles to deal with, because... Uh, Craven wants to make him really mad. Oh, okay. Like mad enough to where he becomes a killer. So he like at the at the end of uh of this stretch, like Miles gets to basically an arena where he's supposed to fight Hardly to the death. Okay. But um so he's not actually dead though. There's two more that are dead. Um Lizard? No, he was cured by Peter. Okay. Um, so he's just out there now. Uh, let's see. I mean, I assume not Sandman because they already dealt with him earlier. Uh, I know yeah. Mysterio, Doc Ock, and Green Goblin are all. I mean, Green Goblin. Spoilers. Um, yeah, Green Goblin doesn't exist yet. And they haven't done hopefully. any other goblins, have they? Like Hobgoblin or no? Okay. Um, they will in the next game. There's going to be at least one. Mm. Uh, Vulture. Have they done Vulture? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Vulture was in the first game. He was part of the Sinister Six. Is he dead? Um. Yep, he's dead. Okay. There's um, one more. Shocker. My voice is strange. Say that I can't, again. I can't say Shocker the way it's supposed to be said, but. Okay. Oh, uh, you're you're technically four for four here. Okay. <laughs> so so yeah. Oh. Uh, Shocker died off screen, which is kind of sad. Okay. Um, okay, but he's not one of the ones who's dead in the cage. Yeah, he's he's he was just already dead. He's dead. Yeah, like none of them are in the cage. Like the cages are all empty. Um, mm. It just has their face like grayed out on the front. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, he killed uh, Vulture and Shocker off screen, okay. and. Vulture Shocker and Electro off screen. Okay. Which kind of sucks, but I mean, it shows that he's dangerous, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we had two Shockers in the movie, so they, 
they can bring all of them back in new versions if they ever yeah. feel the need. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't even talk about some of the other characters that Craven was hunting down, like Black Cat, who um, there's a there's a whole mission with Miles where like Black Cat's in trouble, but Peter doesn't want to go because uh, that's his ex girlfriend. Um, so Miles goes and she steals what is it though wand of Watoon from the Sanctum Sanctorum. Mm. Um, that sounds like a Doctor Strange. Which, it is. Um, it's a it's a wand that lets you teleport to I guess anywhere you want. And Miles thinks that Black Cat wants to use it to like break into wherever she wants to steal things. But she actually wants to use it to get to Paris because that's where her girlfriend is. Uh, and she doesn't want to die to Craven's hunters. Mm. She wants to go there uh, to be safe. And I guess stealing a magical artifact was and, the only and way to And teleporting there is it's the only way to get to Paris instead of you know booking a flight like a normal person. Yeah. I guess the idea is that Craven's hunters are watching her every move. Mm. Um, so they're going to watch her go into the Sanctum Sanctorum and steal the magic wand to teleport to Paris. Oh yeah. Yeah, like w- while she's in there, there's a there's a whole like hit squad outside waiting for her to leave um that you as Miles take out before she she exits. So I guess that actually is the reason. Like she can't just take a flight because they would know. Mm. And yeah, there's a whole, like, really cool chase where she's just teleporting all over New York um, while you're chasing her as Miles, like, going through portals. Um, And at some point, like, she just teleports to Antarctica. Uh, So you're you're just swinging around a glacier for a couple seconds. So they do portals, Uh, but they don't do the spot? No, the spot is not... In the movie, it's a in the game. Yeah, we got all this Craven stuff to set up for the Craven the Hunter movie that Sony wants to promote, but nothing for their their other movie <laughs> that they just promoted, just did. Where's what's his name? Oh, El Muerto. <laughs> oh, El Muerto from the uh, movie Muerto. that's now delayed. Yeah, <laughs> indefinitely. With, yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, it was just a vehicle to get Bad Bunny to be the star of a movie, and they're like, "Who do we have for Latino Spider-Man characters?" Um, uh, what about this one that nobody's heard of because he was only in like two comics? Yeah, yeah. Sony is kind of wasting all the all the good uh, favor they have from fans after. Spider-Verse movies. Well, yeah, it's like um, they have the Spider-Verse stuff and that's what bolsters them for everything else they do, like Morbius and Craven. Yeah. And that's why every single Spider-Man thing right now is tying into every other Spider-Man thing that gets made. Is Morbius in the game? No, actually. Oh. Save him for DLC. I don't think I don't think he's ever even mentioned. Hmm. Um, 
But yeah, I guess because Morbius is a um, hero now, so they can't let people know he's a yeah. villain. Yeah, they they don't want him to fight Spider Man. Oh, he might be bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, eventually Miles catches up to Black Cat, and even though she's lied to Peter um, every single time she's appeared in the first in the first game, um, including lying about them having a child together um miles decides to believe her (laughs) saying she only wants to get to paris because that's where her girlfriend is even though it's very possible that she's just lying because she wants to steal things from the louvre or whatever Mm. (laughs) yeah yeah you got a portal machine you can just go right into the vault and take it yeah yeah eventually um she opens the portal to Paris. She gives Miles the wand. And Miles is like, hey, I can use this to find Martin Lee. Mm. Um, but then, like, right as he says that, the wand disappears and um, a note appears in his hand that says, we owe you one, signed Wong. <laughs> so, um, hey, crossovers, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're setting up for that Doctor Strange game that they're going to do after the Wolverine game. I I really want the Wolverine game, though. Mm. Um, I know that I, I saw something like... I didn't hear about the Wolverine game, but then I saw an article like, there's a Wolverine game, and it's going to be in the same universe as the Spider-Man games. I heard about it, but it hasn't been... I think they released a teaser, like the week after they released uh, the Spider-Man uh, Spider-Man 2. Mm. So, I guess they're building hype for that now. Um, but yeah, any, anyway. Uh, yeah, Oz was captured by the Hunters. Uh, he beats up the, a few dozen of them, gets to the arena where he's now in a death match against Martin Lee. Um, you win the boss fight and Martin Lee's like, uh, He's a sore loser, so he decides to go inside uh, Miles' brain to fight him. And he basically makes Miles uh, relive the trauma of losing his dad in the big explosion. Um, and apparently this makes uh, Lee like reg- regret his decision, maybe. Like it, it seemed like he was on the fence about redeeming himself before, but now he's basically decided that he'll like atone for his mistakes. So basically, Miles like beats Lee at his own game, uh, and uh, he helps Lee escape, but he gets captured again, um, and he tells Lee to tell the other Spider-Man about where to find him. And that's what leads to the big climax against Craven, where Peter uh, uh, goes to the Hunter headquarters to save Miles. Um, there's a big boss fight that ends in like a courtyard with a giant bell uh, that Craven will use to his advantage. Um, so basically, every time Craven rings the bell, you need to web it up, um, you know, so that you're not 
super vulnerable to him. Um, it's actually a really cool boss fight that it's hard to explain. It's just like really, you know, you kind of have to either play it or watch it. Mm. Um, but eventually, Peter beats Craven. Um, he's about to kill him, but Miles wakes up, steps in, and tries to stop him from doing that. And now you're playing as Miles, fighting against the uh, black suit Peter. Um, and now you have to use the bell <laughs> to weaken him so you can beat him up. Um, and there's eventually you know, the really dramatic moment where Miles gets to Peter and he helps him, like, with the help of the bell, to rip the symbiote off of him. And they capture it in, like, a little science-y container um, that Peter wants to deliver back to Dr. Connor so that they can destroy it or re-engineer it to save Harry. Um, so Peter brings it back to Oscorp. Um, to give to Dr. Connors. Harry shows up, like, extremely mad at Peter for the way that he's been treating him. Um, he, like, takes a swing at Peter with his cane, breaks the vial. Uh, the symbiote gets free, latches on to Harry, and now we have actual venom. Um, and the interesting thing about this is that you get to play as venom for a minute. Um... But he, he basically just knocks out Peter and, like, starts rampaging through uh, the Oscorp building, just completely destroying, like, dozens of uh, Oscorp guards as Norman's over the uh, speaker saying, like, look, don't kill him, just stun him so we can get the suit off of him. <laughs> uh, well, like, you're busy just... I guess not technically murdering people because they don't act like anyone's dying, but you are just brutalizing every single one. Like they should be dead. Mm. Um, and eventually Venom breaks out and he's basically, he somehow finds his way to Times Square where Craven meets him. Um, to finish the fight because once once Craven saw like what Black Suit Peter started to become with the, the symbiote he was ex interested in basically only him um, so now that Venom exists Craven wants to fight Venom so that he can finally die his glorious death or whatever um, so you're playing as Venom in a boss fight against Craven, and it's somehow an equal match. <laughs> um, Craven is just a fucking beast in this world, I guess. Um, so after the fight, Venom wins. Um, Venom is using some of his tentacles to um, strangle Craven. And Craven says harder, <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of funny. Mm. Um, 
until Venom just opens his big toothy mouth and bites Craven's face off. Oh. Um, and then leaves him rolling down the street like a turd in the wind? No, he just drops his corpse, yeah. like, on top of the whatever roof he's on. Oh, like a turd um, on a roof. Yeah, like, they're, they're, like, on top of some kind of... It's like a... I don't know anything about Times Square, but there's, like, a stage or something, like, set up under all the, the big screens uh, that they advertise things on in Times Square. Mm. Um. And that, that was where the final boss fight was, and Venom just picks him up, bites his face off. They don't show it, but they 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 show, like, the blood um, dripping down after the fact. Mm. Yeah. So now Peter, Peter wakes up, finds out that Harry is Venom and has killed Craven. Um, and eventually he gets a call from MJ that uh, somebody's at the door and it happens to be Harry. So he, he hurries over and he's he's not Venom. He's just Harry. And they all have a conversation where they try to talk him down. But eventually um, they make him mad. I, I think Peter says something like, Harry, we need to get that thing off of you. And then Harry responds with, do not call us a thing. Um, and then he turns into Venom, kidnaps Mary Jane, uh, like throws Peter uh, like across the room or out a window or something. And then once they're, once they're all outside, uh, Harry attaches a symbiote to Mary Jane and she turns into Scream. Oh, okay. So that's um, that's it. Yeah. Um. And then Peter has a boss fight against Scream, where it's just him and Mary Jane, just like shouting out all everything that's wrong with their relationship. Mm. Um, like, like while he's punching Scream, just yeah, it, it's it's kind of weird. Um. But also very good. But uh, eventually, like he just he he's able to tear it off of her and turn her back into Mary Jane. I mean, I guess technically she does it herself, but Peter helps by just talking her down because I guess it wasn't attached to her long enough to like really like dig into her. I don't know. Mm. It's like a really cool moment, but not it doesn't. They have any lasting consequences but now venom is like now his plan is to get the rest of the meteorite that dr connors has so he can heal heal the world by turning the entire planet into venom uh creatures which i i think um arachnavolt said is what oh what's the symbiote got was it uh, null, null or Kroll something yeah, k-n-u-l-l yeah which is apparently what null is supposed to do not venom but i mean if you want well, they're, they're, to I mean, they already the had agent venom as harry and regular venom as harry so they're yeah they're 
blending elements of different versions. Yeah, it's a way to raise the stakes, basically, um, to make it citywide and technically worldwide. Um, yeah, so now uh, there are symbiote nests all over the city where, um, you know, the there, you know, venom infects a few people with the symbiotes. And, uh, like, it, it's, they, it's basically like a zombie plague at this point. And they're, uh, you know, like throwing people into these symbiote nests where they turn into other symbiotes to, uh, infect more people. Um, and everything is apocalyptic, <laughs> basically. Mm. But as it turns out, Peter is, like, he's still got, he had the symbiote on for so long that part of it is still in him. Um, so I guess he's slowly turning again. But eventually, uh, Miles and Martin Lee, like, go inside his head and reverse it. <laughs> so, you know, and there's a, there's a whole moment where they're both inside Peter's head. Um, and Miles basically says, I can't forgive you for what you've done, but I can't hold this hate for you anymore. So let's save Peter. Um, and that's the end of Miles' character arc. Everybody clap. Mm. <laughs> he learns to let go of his hate. And, you know, the whole, like, Uncle Ben's killer thing uh, for Peter is basically what Miles goes through. Um, in this one, and with Martin Lee's, like Martin Lee puts his all his power into, uh, like destroying the symbiote that's still in Peter, so he turns into anti venom. So, which is also, which I, I think anti venom is still Eddie Brock, right? Uh probably. That was you know kind of after I stop paying attention to like, yeah. comics and stuff. Yeah, I think Anti-Venom is also Eddie Brock, but it, it's it's basically just you've got all the powers of Venom, but there's no like secondary personality in there affecting your thoughts. Okay. All I knew it was like it was like so, a white version of Venom. Yeah. I mean that that's basically what it is. It's just Venom colors inverted. He's white with a black spider mm. on his chest. Um, so, I, and I mean, gameplay wise, that's a way for him to get all the, uh, symbiote abilities back without having him be evil anymore. So, yeah. Peter has the anti venom suit throughout the whole game. Miles, like, every time he sees Martin Lee, he gains new, like, negative man powers. Or Mr. Negative Powers, I should say. Mm. Um, so like now he, instead of his like yellow venom electricity, which this is, this is the part where the whole venom thing becomes really confusing. Um, cause you know, Miles's electricity is called venom. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know why they did that in, you know, this franchise. They should have known 
Yeah. Because like, I, I, I get it, you know, theme-wise. Like, it's a spider's venom. Mm. Um, like a spider sting. But and even by the time Miles was introduced in Ultimate Spider-Man, there had been multiple Venom stories yeah. in Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, like it, it, it is a dumb choice, but yeah, but now he he has like blue lightning with uh, Mister Negative powers attached to it, so they can call it something else. I don't remember what they call it, but it's called something else now, so it's less confusing. Which I guess is a good way to solve it. Yeah, so now the symbiotes are basically taking over the entire city. Um, Peter, Miles, and MJ hatch a plan to like steal the meteorite so that they can't infest uh, the whole city and the whole world. Where uh, MJ breaks into the hive to steal the meteorite while Miles distracts all the symbiotes around the meteorite. And Peter leads Venom away um, so that Venom can't stop the other two. So there's a stealth thing with MJ, which is basically a Resident Evil level, where she she goes in with like a, a, a sound gun that can hurt the symbiotes. So it basically turns into a third-person shooter for a few minutes. Um... And meanwhile, there's a the boss fight between uh, anti-venom Peter and uh, venom Harry Osborn, where they go back to their high school because uh, that's where they had flashbacks of their friendship before. Then eventually, it all ends at the Emily May Foundation uh, headquarters, where. They're using the particle accelerator that they had for science purposes before. And uh, you would think that there would be a boss fight where, you know, you're playing as Peter or Miles and they're fighting together, but it's it's not. You, you fight two phases as Peter and then you fight two phases as Miles, which is kind of disappointing. Um but eventually they both they both just beat him and uh, they destroy the meteorite um, so let's see they destroy the meteorite they rip the symbiote off of Harry and destroy it and Harry is dying on the floor miles comes over um, and basically defibrillates him back to life but now Harry is still alive but he's in a, in a coma um, basically like completely non-responsive but alive and that leads to Norman Osborn who by the way is the root cause of like every major supervillain in this universe so far aside from maybe the Tinkerer mm. um and it leads up to him being the goblin in the, in the next one. Um, yeah, because what I'd seen was that he, the, there's some kind of thing at the end where, since Harry is, was he dead or dying or injured or? Dead he's or he's in a 
he's coma. stable but in a coma yeah. i don't know he was upset about harry and he calls for his scientists to, to bring like the g formula you know it's it's yeah. goblin without saying goblin that yeah he's somebody either norman or harry's yeah. gonna take some goblin juice and get all gobliny yeah. in the next one it might actually be both of them um I wouldn't be surprised if it was both, where, like, Norman takes it, and then he let, then, like, oh, it works, he lets Harry take it, so now there's mm. two goblins with two whole different things going on. They, so there's Green Goblin and Hobgoblin. Yeah. Hopefully they, I mean, they are willing to break with canon enough that hopefully they would make them Green and Hob instead of, you know, like, in the comics where it's Green Goblin and the other Green Goblin. Because they were Green Goblin at separate times. Yeah. I would hope that they would do that. But, I mean, it's also possible that, you know, it's just Norman or it's just Harry. Mm. Like, I don't I don't know. They don't hint it that much. Just that there will be a Goblin in the next one. And, I mean, it's not even... Like, I don't even know if they're going, like, huge monster Goblin. Or just, you know, classic glider mm. Goblin. Yeah, they got... You wiggle rum there for material yeah. to pull from. Um, and there's also the scene where uh, Norman goes up to Octavius at the end, like, I know you know who Spider-Man is. Uh, help me defeat him, and I'll do whatever you want. Um, so it's looking like a team-up between Norman Osborn and Dr. Octavius. Mm. And, um, oh, so the, the last thing I'll talk about in regards to this game is, um, there's a side mission where, uh, Yuri Watanabe, who was the police chief in the first game, who you help out, um, and in the DLC, she basically, like, turned vigilante killer, um, like, you know, doing the Punisher thing where she just kills criminals um, instead of, you know, being a police officer. Mm. Um, she comes back as Wraith. Um, and who she must be from the newer books. I don't know anything yeah, about I've her. Yeah, I've never heard of that as a Spider-Man character. But yeah, she, she comes back as a vigilante. Um, and she and Spider-Man, uh, specifically Peter, team up, um, to fight, like, a fire cult, um, who have, like, a weird prophecy where they want everything to burn. It's like a, an apocalyptic fire cult. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's their leader, who's called the Flame, that Wraith really wants to kill, and Spider-Man's like, no, we don't do that here. (laughs) And eventually, on the the second-to-last mission, like, they they find him, uh, Peter webs him up, and Wraith is just, like, constantly trying to kill him before uh, Peter can stop her. Um, and then there's a boss fight with her where, of course, he gets away while they're fighting. 
Um, and in the final mission, um, it, the, the cult is attacking an Oscorp train um, because, of course, they hate Oscorp. Everybody in this universe does, apparently, for good reason. So they've planted a bunch of explosives around the train, and uh, Wraith and Spider-Man decide to put aside their differences for a second and derail the train before it can run into the explosives and destroy everything. Which, I don't know about that logic, but <laughs> I guess it works. And of course, the worst possible thing happens. Uh, the train derails, Spider-Man gets uh, stuck under a part of the train or part of the rubble from the train wreck. Um, the flame sets it on fire. You know, the fire, of course, the, the movie thing where the, the gas, you know, slowly catches on fire, mm. um, about to burn him. Um, but he says, uh, that his actual goal was to pick up something that was on the train to Oscorp. So it's a, it's very convenient that they derailed the train. So he picks it up and it's a symbiote. And do you want to guess who this is? Um, Carnage? Yeah. Carnage yet? Okay. He, he, he basically, he basically says with, with this, um, we can burn the world with fire. We can, cause mayhem we can cause carnage mm. and like i i figured i figured out it was uh cletus cassidy like 30 seconds before they actually said carnage yeah so. i mean i guess it wouldn't make sense if he said oh we can create toxin or we can create lasher <laughs> yeah so yeah they're setting up carnage for either dlc or maybe in the next game mm. Yeah, I mean, I guess, um, like it would make sense, you know, with the, like the larger overarching Green Goblin and Doc Ock, if they wanted to just get Carnage out of the way as DLC on the Venom game. Yeah. Plus, I mean, they already have the assets with all the the symbiote enemies. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, with, that they can probably reuse. Like, having not played any of these, the whole thing about like Doc Ock. Um, you know, his, like, final master plan thing. Seems like, you know, the the story beat from the comics of him making, like, a new Sinister Six and being the master planner behind that. So yeah. it seems like that's probably, you know, a mix of a Green Goblin plot with a Return of the Sinister Six plot. With whatever villains have yeah, been killed off or redeemed by this point. Because in, in the first game, there's the whole plot with um, Octavius and Peter. Um, like, ongoing with the Mr. Negative plot. Yeah. And, like, halfway through, you beat Mr. Negative and he goes to the raft. And then uh, Doc Ock releases a bunch of villains. Yeah. And that's the new Sinister Six. Yeah. But, like, um, a more organized version of that. Yeah. And then, yeah, Doc Ock actually releases Devil's Breath because he stole it from Mr. Negative. Mm. That's right. Because he wants to kill Norman's legacy. Yeah, that's what happens. Mm. So, yeah, like all the 
everything bad that happens in the second half of that game is uh, Octavius's fault. Mm. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's setting up for uh, Doc Ock to maybe play second fiddle to Goblin in the the next game. Mm. But also, of course, he hates Norman more than anything, so there's going to be some betrayal there. You never know. Yeah. Well, and, like, the last one ended setting up Venom, but it didn't sound like it did anything to set up Craven. So there's, I guess, rum that no. maybe there'll be a surprise. And also, it's about Morlin in the Spider-Verse. Kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know what other yeah, big uh... names they haven't really brought up yet so there's other uh, side stories where like there's a bunch of uh, spider bots from that that they're all like all the spider bot like they're all uh, what's the word they're all modeled after different characters from different spider-man worlds like there's a spider-man noir there's you know, Miles from uh, Spider-Verse, there's Gwen from Spider-Verse, there's, you know, a Ben Riley one, and they all, after you collect them all, like a, a portal just randomly opens to a different world where there's a character named Delilah who basically takes them all and speaks cryptically about the Spider-Verse, mentions Miguel. Um, so, yeah, they're very loosely tying it into the Spider-Verse movies. Mm. Um, it's kind of weird. doesn't really fit in <laughs> with everything else, but uh, that's kind of what I meant earlier when I said that they're tying in everything with everything else. Mm. Um, there's also another side mission that um, it leads to the chameleon's apartment um, and it turns out that he and Craven are brothers. Yeah, I think or they're half brothers. Yeah, that's the thing from the comics. Yeah, and he thinks Craven's coming to kill him, but Spider-Man gets there first, so he, he like sets up a trap. Um, but I mean, Chameleon doesn't actually do anything. Mm. Just the whole, the whole the whole side mission is that. You know, you're hunting down these robots that Craven uses that are looking for a bunch of random people, but it doesn't make sense because like half of them are dead or don't exist. Mm. And it turns out to be the chameleon in disguise who they're looking for. Um, and also, there's a whole other side mission where they're setting up for the Cravenoff family to. Like have a a turf war. I don't know why that would be in New York, um, mm. but they they mention it uh, that it exists that it might be a thing later. No, oh, yeah. so maybe the DLC will be like the the Cravenoffs and Carnage. Mm. Yeah, they'll hold it off until the Craven movie comes out next year, since it got delayed. They, they probably will. Brand synergy and all that bullshit. Yeah. And everybody's really hyped for Craven and stuff. 
Craven for Craven. <laughs> like, is Craven's anybody? Anybody is Craven anybody's favorite villain? Do you think? Yes, I I, mean, I know Jasu on the Discord has said he likes Craven because he's you know big, muscly, hairy guy. Like, if that's the thing Fair. you're into, then yeah, he's he's the big, muscly, hairy guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess if you're into bears, yeah. uh, Craven is the biggest bear of them all. Yeah. Um, Oh, speaking of bears, there's that clip I showed you of the the funniest part in the game where it's like Peter at his, you know, most asshole-ish black suit version of himself Mm. um, where one of Craven's bodyguards, like a big guy with with like a techno axe who's wearing like a bear hide comes up to him (laughs) and he's like, wait, before we fight, I have something I have to tell you. And he's like, I'm fresh out of honey. Mm. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, when you post the episode, I got to find a video of that. Okay. So we can call it Craven for Craven and we'll have the, the guy in the bear hood. Yeah. Yeah. There's not, that many like legitimately funny quips mm. um like th- there's a lot that are like oh yeah that's pretty good but not many that are like laugh out loud funny mm. i i mean i guess that's what they're supposed to be like they're not supposed to be like a comedy routine that's more like just stuff peter says like in the heat of the moment yeah um but yeah, that's Spider-Man 2. Not quite as good as the first one, after some reflection. Mm. There's a few weird things, like Craven somehow being able to stab Peter just out of nowhere. I mean, they had to do it to get to Venom, but it was kind of weird mm. in the moment. Um, the Venom fight at the end is kind of weird. Because, like, y- you would you would want Peter and Miles to be fighting at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't really happen. Oh, also, after the credits, uh, Peter basically tells Miles, like, look, you've got the city for now. I've just been through a lot of shit. Um, I'm going to quit being Spider-Man for a little bit. Like, it, it doesn't seem like he's retiring forever, but like he's like, Miles, you've got this for now. Um, so it's like a graduation from Miles into, like, you know, he's not the little Spider-Man anymore. He's just the Spider-Man now. Mm. Um, so Peter takes a while off. So like, I don't, I don't think that means that Peter won't be Spider-Man in the next game, but it might. Yeah, I mean, it'd either be that or like the DLC is going to be just playing as Miles or something, and then yeah, and then they'll bring because it. Unless Green Goblin or Doc Ock have that much baggage with Miles, you would want it to be Peter versus them. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing with Doc Ock in the first game is that him and Peter were so close that uh, it really made the final fight with Doc Ock really dramatic. Um, 
Does Miles have a lot of history with uh, Carnage? Do you know? No, not really. I mean, he's got the whole thing with Prowler, but he, he, as far as I know, doesn't really have a lot of history with most of the, like, classic Spider-Man villains. Okay. I don't know. I haven't really read, you know, a lot of the, the comics that he was in, so... Yeah, aside from, you know, yeah. his version of Prowler being related to him, because, you know, the the Aaron Davis right. one from Ultimate Comics, in, in the original comics it was Hobie Brown, who was a completely different character. Um, so that was like a thing for his universe that, because it is so essential to him, gets carried over into the other versions that they've done. Yeah, I mean, the, the Prowler is in these games, like he shows up in Miles Morales, he Shows up a little less in in this game, but he's he is there. There's a whole side mission where, um, like basically the whole he he just talks about uh, him and Miles's dad hanging out when they were kids. Then at the end, he like decides to move in uh, the same apartment building as Miles and his mom. Mm. To be closer with them, I guess, because they they were still like they were like completely apart uh, before. Um, oh, also they set up Silk, okay, which is kind of weird, but yeah, I mean, I guess like she makes sense as you know some another person who has spider powers in that same universe because like yeah. Gwen is probably the most well-known at this point female spider person but that one's a little harder to do if you didn't already set it up or if you are you know if, if you have yeah. a multiverse you can put her in but usually you know just having the Gwen Stacy of the universe also become a spider person causes like continuity issues I don't know if Gwen Stacy is even mentioned in this universe yet mm. Not that I remember, but there might be like some Easter egg that I missed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if they want to, you know, deviate from, you know, that there wasn't like Peter dated Gwen and then she died. If that's not part of his backstory, then yeah, they could just have her be a spider person and yeah, come up with a the only character the, arc for her from that. The only people we know that Peter dated in this universe is Mary Jane and Felicia Hardy. And we know that uh, Peter and Felicia Hardy fucked without condoms. Mm -hmm. That's about all we know. <laughs> okay. Because when uh, Black Cat says uh, that uh, they uh, she had a kid with Peter, mm -hmm. and then later Peter's talking to Mary Jane about it, and Mary Jane's like, is that possible? And Peter's like, yeah. And Mary Jane says, ew, I should not have asked that. Mm. So yeah, you know, sex jokes. Yeah, his sperm is not radioactive in this continuity, as far as we know. I mean, it, it could be incremental doses is what causes death. So maybe he hasn't fucked I, it enough times. I cannot. I cannot believe that's a thing. I still cannot. No. Yeah. Uh, and it's too bad because the Spider-Man Reign is a really good comic, as I've you know talked about in the time that we 
talked about the yeah. actual contents of the comic, but it's infamous for that one weird thing that happened. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's just a, a larger issue with comics where they can't not be weird about certain things mm. for a long period of time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I mean, I, I guess Rain, the whole thing was like a grim, dark Spider-Man. Yeah, so I, I yeah, guess that's grim, dark future inspired by Frank Miller, Dark yeah. Knight. Um, okay, I think I talked about everything super interesting about the game. Are there any villains you want to bring up so I can tell you if they show up oh, that I might have missed. I mean, my main one is obviously Mysterio, and I already googled it and watched all the scenes. Yep, he's not dead, but he's kind of dead, because Quentin Beck is not Mysterio anymore. Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense with the whole, like, this is an established Spider-Man thing, that you don't see Mysterio at his prime. It's just that implied that yeah. there was a prime sometime in the past, and he wasn't there on the raft for the big breakout, and yeah. is reformed now. Which it, it makes sense because you know his, his whole like I, you know, there's been other comics about him where they have to like address like why doesn't this guy just be like a stage magician? He could be a really good profitable stage magician with all the crazy shit he can do and it ends up being like oh but his pride you know he wants to show the world that he's even better than just you know an entertainer and that he can do whatever he wants and steal whatever he wants and that ends up causing trouble yeah yeah so it makes sense that they make a version of it saying you got all this cool tech why don't you just sell it yeah i i also like that Craven wasn't interested in him in this story mm. because yeah, he's not a physical threat. That, that implies that, yeah, that implies that Mysterio is not a killer. Because mm. like, if he was, if Craven was interested in Black Cat, mm. <laughs> that means that he he at least thinks that she would kill him if uh, she could. Yeah, but like M- Mysterio is just mm. like a guy. Yeah, he, he with, wants to do uh, a big heist to get a lot of attention because he's. You know, kind of yeah. a narcissist, usually. Yeah. Um, I can't even think of any, like, really major... Yeah, I guess... Like, Morbius aside might from, be, like... like the, the goblins who they're, you know, teasing. I, yeah, I don't know what else they haven't even to. really touched on. I think they've gotten all the ones from the movies at this point. Aside from Spot. Um you know, who is yeah. now seeing a resurgence in you know, people giving a shit about him because he was actually on a good thing. Yeah. Um, like, Morbius his, and Spot, I think, are the only ones from the movies that haven't been mentioned at all. Yeah, has Big Wheel shown up yet? No. Not... Uh, again, that's what... Like, there's so many Easter eggs that I might have missed one, but I don't think Big Wheel. Mm. <laughs> it's... Does the Easter Bunny or the Wall show up? No. Um, or fruit pies. I mean, I guess Doctor Doom is like showing up in Spider-Man comics. He's not mainly a Spider-Man villain, but he has been. Yeah. Um, did they do Kingpin? Oh, the backs. 
the, the Baxter built. Uh, so in in the first game, Kingpin is like the the opening level like tutorial. Okay. Uh, it's like the the police are finally going out after him, and Spider Man helps out. Mm. Um, you know, so that they can take him with like as few as little death as possible. Um, so and Kingpin going to prison like starts a you know creates a whole vacuum of power that leads to the events of the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Like that that's what gives Martin Lee the courage to like actually put his plans into motion and everything. Um so yeah, he's in the first game. And I, I think in the second game I've heard that Fisk Tower turns into the Baxter building with like a, a four painted on the top. Mm. Yeah. Um which I mean I, I don't think Fantastic Four is showing up. There's references to a bunch of other heroes. Yeah, in New York, that don't show up. I mean, I guess it would, it would make sense. Like Fantastic Four has a long history of Spider-Man crossover. Yeah, I mean they're right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like they were one of the early ones, and like in like if Spider Amazing Spider-Man number one, he goes to the Baxter Building, and he's got like an ongoing because him and Johnny Storm were both teenagers. They have like an ongoing friendly rivalry. Yeah. But like, I mean, the uh, the Daredevil um, lawyer's office is still there. Mm. Um, you know, the Sanctum Sanctorum is still there. I'm assuming the Wakanda embassy is still there. I didn't go looking for it, though. Yeah, there's probably a, a shit ton of references I didn't even notice. Mm. Avengers Tower is still there. Like, a lot of stuff, big and small. Mm. Um, but yeah, I can't think of a a single, like, big-time Spider-Man villain that they haven't touched on, at least a little. Yeah. Aside from Goblin. Yeah. I guess Jack... Have they done Jackal? Any version of Jackal? Not Teasing of a clone can remember. Saga. No. Like, they even did Hammerhead. Mm. Judas so. Traveler. No. Yeah. I mean, they've done... In three games, they've done, like, 15 different villains. Mm. <laughs> so... Um, so, yeah. It's really good. Not quite as good as the first one, I don't think. But... They had a lot more characters to juggle, so still. Hopefully the DLC doesn't take three years to come out. Mm. And there might not even be DLC. They might just do a side game like Miles Morales again. Yeah. Or, I mean, they're doing the Wolverine game, so. Yeah. But I I think the Miles Morales game was, like, not, not just. They probably wanted to make it, but. Um, it was just to have a release between the two main games because they were five years apart. Mm. So, I mean, they could do another Spider-Man game, um, you know, if Wolverine is still really far, far out. Wouldn't surprise me. Because mm. five years is... 
a really long time to go between games. Mm. Um, but anyway, that's my hour and a half talking about Spider-Man. Yeah, this is going to be an enormous episode, because I do also want to quickly touch on some of the other things on the list, so... Um, yeah. Let's see. Okay. Um, I rewatched Barbie. I liked it more than I did the first time. I think, you know, part of it might have been just bad theater experience. Also, expectation, you know, actually knowing what it is, that this is a movie that's, like, trying to touch on ideas of, like, you know, gender and, like, the, the effect that has on people, but it's not offering any kind of solution to it. it it's just, you know pointing things out like hey look at you know these you know kind of fucked up contradictory expectations on women and also you know the way you know men are expected to be like masculine in a way and if they're not then you know i don't know there's like some interesting ideas in there but it is you know all kind of you know couched in this like silly barbie movie um I don't know. Like, it, it's fun. I mean, I'm, I'm a little surprised that it's made as much money as it has, but also, you know, it's between that and the Mario movie is the top movies of the year, and the Mario movie was just kind of a pleasant movie, so, you know, that, you know, making a ton of money doesn't necessarily mean it's brilliant. It's just, you know, good enough that a lot of people liked it. Aside from Spider-Verse, I don't know if I've seen a a, a new movie this year. Mm. Yeah, you still need to watch Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves, the best movie of the year as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Maybe not quality-wise, but just in terms of being a fun movie that's, you know, generally well-written. I might watch it after we record. Because mm. I will have time. Yeah. After we record, I have to get food, too, because I've had one bag of Doritos today, and that's it. And that was this morning. That's not great. No, but, oh, busy day. Um, let's see, I also watched uh, Last Voyage of the Demeter, which I would describe as Alien meets Dracula. Um, yeah, that, that was, like, the premise I was sold on, and it is that. It, it's not really more than that. So it was just okay, but you know, it's it's the part of the Dracula story where Dracula, uh, like put him, you know, he, he like stuffed himself in a coffin with you know other coffins of dirt, you know, because he has to like sleep on dirt from his homeland, just a thing, I guess, um, and has himself shipped uh, to England, and this is the story of that ship. And how there is a Dracula in the hold who is coming out at night and murdering people. And it's, you know, that, that kind of claustrophobic, like, we're all stuck on this ship and there's a thing that's killing us. And we, at first, don't even know what it is. And then now we have to find a way to try to fight it. And by the time the ship arrives, it's like a wreck. Everything's in flames. But it does land at England, so Dracula is able to escape. Um... So, interesting premise, doesn't really go beyond the premise, so it was just fine, but, yeah, I don't know, it was worth a shot. Um, I don't know why they decided to put it out in theaters in August, 
that seems like a really bad idea for a Dracula movie. You should probably put it out in October when people are actually in the mood for that kind of thing. Same goes for Haunted Mansion. Why the <laughs> fuck was that out in in August? Just bad idea. Um, did did you did you see the trailer for Thanksgiving? I don't know what that a, is. It's a horror. It's a Thanksgiving horror movie that's coming out the week before Thanksgiving. Well, at least they got the timing right. Yeah, <laughs> I just I just saw it earlier, mm. and I was like, "What? Why the fuck are they doing this?" Eh, you know, I, I, are they putting it in theaters or is it going straight to streaming? No, I it, I saw it. Um, yeah, I saw it. I saw the commercial while I was watching football, mm. which means that it should be a the- theatrical release if they're paying that much for advertising. Okay. Huh. Well. Yeah, I mean, horror movies are, you know, they usually make money because they're made on such a low budget to begin with. Yeah. Um, let's see. I played the video game Layers of Fear 2. It's kind of a walking simulator horror game. The first one I kind of liked. It was like you're walking through this house and, you know, all kinds of weird, creepy, silent hilly things. You, you know, like, you, it's all kind of inspired by P.T., I think, you know, the, the whole, all the visual horror tricks. Um, the first one was like, you're playing as an artist and you're trying to make the perfect painting, but that involves like collecting body parts, but it's, you know, it's this weird, surreal, um, like psychological shit. Uh, and you just, you collect these parts and then they become like part of the canvas and, and depending, you you know, certain choices you can make in the game will affect the ending. Um, the sequel is... Uh, I had to read the wiki just to understand what was going on. Because it's like you're, you're on a ship, but there's all this stuff that's like relating to like 1920s and 30s film. And you, I guess you're playing as like a film actor who's like reliving you know, like, the horrible parts of his childhood, you know, like, like the first two parts, you're, like, roaming around this ship and seeing things about, like, you know, a couple kids who had stowed away, and then the crew, you know, found out, and, like, they were, you know, starving and, and stuff, and then, you like, the third part is, like, a even further back in time, like, there, you know, I guess the mother died in childbirth of the player characters so the dad became a you know abusive drunk and it i i had to read just so it's a comedy just to see what like, what how did what is any of this it's all it's a lot of cool imagery but i, I just it, the game on its own it was so hard to tell what any of it was supposed to mean um but it was five bucks so there's that um I've watched a bunch of Doctor Who because they made Magic the Gathering cards of it and I ended up buying a couple of the decks and I wanted to see where the cards came from. Uh, so I watched through the whole Eccleston run, which was pretty short, and I've started on the Tenant stuff. Um, I feel like I like this show better this time than I have the previous two times I've watched it. And I'm not exactly sure why i mean i maybe my standards have lowered and I, I don't mind as much how low budget it looks now compared to the last time i saw it um yeah it's it's pretty fun 
there's you know a lot of a lot of creativity in the like you know the things they come up with on that show um yeah and then the other topic i had uh the last of brandon sanderson's quarterly uh books for this year came out uh it's called the sunlit man uh best way to describe it is it's like a sci-fi fantasy take on mad max fury road um it's one of the characters from the stormlight archive a, a guy who honestly i i don't remember beyond his name he was he's like one of those you know minor characters but it's in like the distant space future of the cosmere and he is on the run from this group called the night brigade who don't really factor into this it's just the premise for how he gets to he ends up on this planet where it's like a small planet with a high density core um and it is like the sun is it is so hot that it like fries everything on that side of the planet and like melts and reshapes the landscape. So everyone who lives on the planet lives on these like colonies of, you know, hovering ships and they are like constantly on the run from the sunlight that will melt them. Um, and he ends up getting in with this group that's trying to, there's like this dictator they call the Cinder King who has, you know, like, he's got like these soldiers working for him and then this is like rebel group that he ends up getting involved in and they're like trying to run but also trying to you know steal power sources from the cinder king and there's this whole thing about like the way they have to power their ships is you know they, they have people either volunteer to die or um you know with the cinder king he just like throws a bunch of people in an arena and then uh, you know the the best one becomes one of his like mind controlled soldiers and the worst ones get left out to die he, they leave people out to die in the sunlight and then they leave behind this like gemstone thing uh that they can use for energy because it's like taking like trapping the energy of their soul in there but also the, there's a whole the, there's a lot of like pseudoscience technical talk of like how is you know the like the the sunlight is like drawn into the core of the planet and that supercharges the crystals and whatever but but the story it it's ultimately you know uh, a guy on the run roped into this um conflict between like uh, a group rebelling against a tyrant and then you know reluctantly having to help them out because you know along the way he needs to charge up enough magic energy of his own so that he can teleport out of there you know before the people who are chasing him show up so it it's like 500 pages and it feels like not 500 pages worth of stuff happened in it but otherwise it was good and we'll see in like 20 years when the mainline books catch up to that point in the timeline uh, <laughs> how he even got in that situation to begin with Um, and I think I, that's it. I can't imagine tr trying to keep track of, uh, like, I, I know you said that a lot of this continuity doesn't att attach, so there's really not that much to keep track mm. of, but. Yeah, it's um, just, it, it's, you know, little things that connect, you know, book to book. And what makes it work yeah. is that, you know, each story has, like, characters that you can latch on to. Like, it, it plays out, you know, 
like a fantasy story, an enjoyable fantasy story. But then there are those broader connections of characters crossing over and this like growing conflict between the the various factions of each of these worlds as the worlds start to become more aware of each other. So when, when's the Avengers? Oh, I'm I, hopefully within his lifetime. It feels like the the plans for these books stretch so far out that it is a little worrying. You know, he's still he's not as old as George R R Martin. So, you know, it, it's not like like the people have been waiting for a decade for the next Martin book. Plus Sanderson, you know, is always on top of writing. Um it's just he's got so many books and series planned. I don't know how he plans to get to them all. Cuz you know, he's still there's like an origin you know the dragon steel series i don't know when he's planning to do that but that's like the origin story like the metal gear solid 3 of it where after we've almost gotten to the big conflict we're going to flash back and see how it all began before we move into like the final act of everything and after that he creates a whole new universe yeah, yeah, if he's not like 80 by <laughs> then. starts filling yeah. it. Yeah. He's living to 160. Mm. I'm sure he's got it all written down in notes. Like, that's what, you know, Tolkien had for yeah. Silmarillion, and I think Frank Herbert had a bunch of notes on Dune, and that's how they did all the, the further sequels that he didn't write. Yeah. But, yep, yeah, uh, we should probably be wrapping up because we're at two hours and 40 minutes before edits now. Yeah, I'll be honest, I've been sipping on a fountain drink this whole time, and I got a piss. Yeah, um, yeah so I don't know what the sub... Well, actually, I think next time I might be... I mean, and as boring as it is, I might be talking about the next Magic the Gathering set because that comes out November 10th, um, which is probably like two weeks from now ish something like that i'll pr i'll probably be back on disney oh yeah yeah we got that back yeah i get to go through the worst period of this yep. <laughs> and i will maybe watch the it with you or weeks. maybe not i don't know i've got doctor who to watch now yeah i let's see it aside from pixar i think it's nothing but mediocrity for like five or six movies yeah Hopefully you get to uh, you like probably what, won't get to bolt yet, but I I do want to see what yeah. you think of that one when you get to that one. Yeah, because I I think it's like five more Disney movies to bolt, plus probably three more Pixar movies. Mm. Probably. Um. So yeah, I'm, unless I just watch like every day, I probably won't get to bolt. Yeah, yeah. Because you got Incredibles, Cars, Ratatouille. Wally uh, for Pixar. And then Brother yeah. Bear, Chicken Little. Oh no, Home on the Range, Chicken Little. Uh, Meet the Robinsons. Uh, Brother Bear is still there, though. Yeah. Yeah, which Brother Bear might be the best of them. Yeah, probably. Um, it's before they got into their 3D period attempting to do a Pixar before yeah. they just decided to buy Pixar. So I don't know if this is true, but I heard that they stopped doing 
2D because the 2D artists wanted to unionize. Uh, I mean, that makes sense. I don't know how true that is, but it's 100% believable. I just don't know how true it is. Yeah, seems possible. I mean, seeing how things are going right now. Well, I mean, that's uh, companies in general have always hated the unions. Oh, yeah, it's not unique to Disney at all, just saying. Yeah, we'll see how they deal Uh, with Marvel and all their VFX artists having unionized now. Because of all their constant bullshit on VFX artists. (laughs) You know what would be funny? If this led to, like, a practical effects revolution. Mm. (laughs) You know, not, not... that I want a VFX artist to go out of business. Just yeah, it's either that or they just that would be hilarious. In the volume. Yeah. yeah, it's just digital stage plays. Yeah. I I hope not because that that just looks like a a musical stage from like the fifties. Yeah. No, you you really need to know your cinematography if you're going to make the volume look good. Yeah. Uh, right. But yeah, so, I really need yeah. a pee. Till next so time. Let's. Yeah. Um, stay fucking. Yep. <laughs> That's all I got. That's the worst way to end a podcast. <laughs>